Welcome to another episode of Where Did It All Go Right? I'm Ali Jones and in these podcasts I talk to people with creative careers about how they bagged their jobs. We hope to inspire you, maybe you're looking for a career change or you're looking to embark on a career in many of the jobs that we're going to be talking about or maybe you're just like me and you're just nosy and you want to know how people got to where they are now. Uh, You've probably heard my next guest on the radio because she's a journalist and broadcaster. She provided the entertainment news on Radio 1 for many years. Her showbiz contact list is ridiculously brilliant. She knows exactly what she's talking about when it comes to popular culture. Natalie Jameson has also just written a book and is one of the hardest working people I know. Well, we're surrounded by cats and we're Natalie. Thank you so much for letting me come into your lovely home. You're more than welcome. It's like a cat sanctuary. Well, not quite. I have four cats because I'm such a sucker. And yeah, they saw us coming when we went to the cat rescue place. But happily, they've all settled in kind of. But if you hear any bells yes. at any point, that'll be a cat coming in, trying to be fed again. So we haven't seen each other for ages, but we were at university together. We were. Too many years ago. Mm-hmm. I don't even want to go there. And, you know, we worked at Campus Radio together. We did. And you did the news and I was playing the records. And I in no way at that point would just rip it off of CFAX <laughs> and rewrite it slightly <laughs> and maybe ask a few questions. And it was fine. CFAX, hey. So at that stage, you obviously wanted to work in, in radio. Yes. Uh, had you done that for ages? Had, you, had there been a dream of yours from a young age? Uh, it's funny. I struggled quite a bit when I was a teenager not knowing what I wanted to do. And I know that currently there's a lot of discussion about the paralysis of choice and there are too many things but I had that as a teenager I I wanted to try and do so many different things and you'd have all those career advisors or you know I'd try and research and find out even what subjects I wanted to take at school and I took the weirdest range of subjects I ended up doing 12 GCSEs I did an extra one at night school just to have physics in the bag in case I needed it (laughs) who does that when you're 15 years old um and for A levels I did geography english and italian which is of course like that's going to lead you to a career right you never know you know (laughs) working all around the world so i was basically just trying to keep my options open with as many things but when i was i think again when i was about 15 i did some work experience at the local tv station where we grew up in oxfordshire so it's central new south Mm -hmm. Uh, and then out of that i got a saturday job which was pretty basic but it was fine it was interesting to see how a news station like that operated and it was pretty much just gathering scripts and making sure everything had some being a bit of a runner basically but most people sash their jobs in their local DIY <laughs> store or, or WH Smith but you were actually yeah. you were you were chomping at the bit yeah at yeah a very young age yeah I was and then out of that I it's funny you kind of you try and think about what you want to do and I always listened to Radio 1 as a kid and I listened to the news a lot on Radio 1 but I consumed the whole station pretty much and then I kind of thought oh I I think I want to work there but I didn't want to be a presenter I didn't think I was that sort of personality and I was really nosy and interested in asking questions so I went down the journalism routes but very much with Radio 1 at the heart of that to the point where I remember I ended up doing a journalism postgrad course at City University after I did we did our university course at Exeter and most of the people there had grown up on Radio 4 and the Today programme and I'd never <laughs> listened to it in my life. And they're like, well, so where do you want to work? And I was like, oh, like Newsbeat. <laughs> it's like the best, like they do news like in such an interesting and creative way. And they're like, what? <laughs> what yeah. is that thing? Yeah. Oh, that's that's really interesting. So you you had your sights on Radio 1. Yeah, I did, but I don't think age. I recognised it for quite a long time. It was only, it was obviously there mm. and that's sort of what I was striving to do. So I did work experience as well at Fox FM where we worked together too for a while and I did a lot of unpaid work experience for a long time so I'd go to university and then I'd come back and I'd do 
extra stuff in the holidays at Fox. I was being paid at that point, but again... You have to be careful, don't mm. you, that you don't do it too much unpaid. Yeah. They don't take you for a ride. Yeah. It's, um, actually, I have to credit, so the team at Fox are really good because, again, I did some work experience there just writing around and trying to see where else you could get in. And I'd been doing work experience for almost almost a week and um, I was doing the usual thing kind of sitting next to some of the PAs and stuffing some envelopes with some flyers and <laughs> you know trying to listen in on sales conversations which I didn't really understand and then it was one of the the PAs to the MD actually kind of just looked at me one day and went this isn't really what you want to be doing I, I'm going to take you over to news and I was like oh okay great because you don't want to be too pushy you yeah. didn't want to kind of get in there yourself no you want to ask enough questions but not be so annoying yeah but I was balance. clearly looking bored or chomping <laughs> you, at the bit you were looking like... wistfully over the direction <laughs> of the of the newsroom yeah did that lead into a job there yeah it did it took a long time but I freelanced for a long time and then at the end of university I also kept doing some more freelancing at various commercial stations mainly and I'd been at Fox for so long and there wasn't a job there and then it took kind of freelancing at lots of other places and, and getting a job somewhere else where they're like oh actually do you want to come work here and uh, I was like, oh, okay yeah sure so really all that working for free and the, and the work experience really helped because they knew who you were it did but I did almost have to leave there do you think you sometimes have to do that with jobs? Well, again, I, I wouldn't say that I necessarily did that willfully, but it was just circumstances. <laughs> I, need the I money. needed a job. I, I a had job. to have something more regular yeah. and I needed to get paid a bit better for it. And I'm not saying that it was like as soon as I left, they're like, oh, no, we can't do without her. We must get her back. But it did work out well. I do think personal interaction should never be underestimated mm-hmm. we do live in this world where you can do so much on social media and you can talk to people around the world which is great and all is valid and has a place but I think most of the jobs that I've done well or have kind of led to something else has been from that and I don't necessarily think it is just a closed club of who you know but it's just you meet somebody and like oh actually I think you would fit in well with this team do you want we've got this thing coming yeah, up and yeah. it is that right place at the right time and it sounds like you learned that from quite yeah early on in your career you're not being too pushy but just kind of talking to people and from Fox because I know you went quite quickly to London and, mm. and how did you manage that did you send off loads of letters and emails or was it just kind of <laughs> annoying people again or Uh, or did you oh no what did you do (laughs) no I I didn't well I don't think I embarrassed myself I probably did I did write to loads of radio stations and applied for a ton of jobs and when I came out of university because I was ridiculous and have always been a workaholic and thrown myself into things probably with way too much vigour there's nothing um, wrong with that I know but do, do you keep a folder of your rejection letters oh I had a folder I'm sure I've got a fo- I'm sure I probably, I would, probably <laughs> wallpaper my house with my rejection letters to be honest I would file them away and then I don't think I've got it anymore, although I probably have somewhere in the corner of the loft. But I would take them all to heart as well. And I'd have that weird mix of feeling really upset and disappointed and unmotivated that all these rejections were coming through. But at the same time, feeling galvanised to... I must do more. There is there's something, just, there's yeah. something missing. So in, in a way, it was like a double-edged sword then. Mm. Yeah, you kind of felt really fed up, but it, it made you work harder. Yes. And I think I've never lost that. My husband thinks it's not hilarious I think he finds it really annoying now but I know this isn't necessarily the right theme for your wonderful podcast but I never feel like I've succeeded I always think I should be doing more or I should be doing better and I see a lot of very successful people and I never put myself in the same bracket as them ever even though 
you got to Radio 1, which was what you wanted to do, yeah. and you became an entertainment reporter, which most people would give their right <laughs> arm to do, and interviewed, you know, a ridiculous amount yeah. of... So you still don't think that that was good no. enough? <laughs> yeah, I've, I've interviewed Jay-Z on his private jet, and I've interviewed Dave Grohl in his recording studio. It's and... not good enough now, is it? It's just not good enough. <laughs> well, I, I... Surely at that point you thought, this is quite good. No, I, I enjoyed it, but I think I, I never took it for granted, and I never thought that there was necessarily anything kind of that couldn't be broken about it I always kind of thought I had to keep proving myself you know I'm a bit older now I'm I'm quite tired of proving myself sometimes (laughs) but I think that's just my personality I always feel like I have to really show everybody yes I can do this 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 and this and I'll do it really well and my norm again my husband James tells me this all the time I'm like so I uh, I've got a new contract I'm going to do some work with this company and and I think I'm going to do this number of days and he'll be like um, are you sure you're going to do that? That's like because how many days are there in a week? Yeah, you, mean you exactly. haven't quite worked that one out. No, and I'll I'll just cram it all in, and I'll you know again from working ridiculous hours in the entertainment reporting world. I'm used to getting up early. I'm used to going to bed really late. Mm. Not that it's a particularly wise lifestyle choice, certainly not when you've got kids, which I do now. But I'll kind of I'll just cram it in, and mm. he's like my kind of one day. He's like it's probably most people's two days work, or, or even three. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We talked about Radio 1. So before that, though, you, you went to London and you worked for... I worked for... It was Noel Edmonds' company, so okay. unique, uh, which is... <laughs> <laughs> did you did you work with him? I didn't, no. I don't actually... I think when I, I think worked there... I think he's probably there, sold it. Yeah, I, he has sold it. And I think he may have even... Maybe he hadn't quite sold it when I was there, but it was then UBC Media, and it's now part of a wider company called Seven Digital. But yeah, I worked in their entertainment news department, so it was doing syndicated entertainment news to commercial radio stations. And that was just a a job that was an advert you applied for, got the job, was very keen, said, I will work... Ten times harder than everybody else. Yeah, that w- that was my entry from working in Oxfordshire yeah. and various counties around the southeast mainly. That was my kind of entry into the capital for I'm going to apply for this job. And I, I again, I remember at the time going, I'm not going to get it. I can't see how I'm ever going to get this. And probably over-preparing for the interview. And it's those stupid things. Because even when I was at Fox FM, I would always try and seek out stories that had an entertainment angle. So it's ridiculous. You know, I'd be the person that would really be hammering home that radio header from Oxfordshire so you really need to give an interview to Fox FM and I'd speak to their, I'd speak to their radio plugger and it'd be like you know that the last time Fox FM played Radiohead <laughs> was nine, <laughs> radio. 1990 yeah exactly I'd be like I can talk to somebody um okay Blur you do Blur as well I, okay Blur I think I think they might be playing Tender at the time and they, I remember they did play Tender on Fox FM and I was like great get me get me an interview with Damon Albarn um, so the, but you're obviously really passionate about about getting a show it's a cliche a showbiz scoop though getting getting that kind of hook you know chasing 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 but I I think on that as well my interest in entertainment has always very much been from uh I am fascinated by the world of film music television theatre because I'm so in awe of the people that do it as in I look at it as I would love to have that talent I've tried to dance a little bit there's oh my there's no way I could be a professional dancer my mum was a pro dancer um really yeah I like to sing karaoke obviously and in my head I'm like yeah sure I could I could have been a singer could have been on the west end stage that's the you know the choice I think I could have done everything but my way into journalism that's what I love and I just really wanted to be able to sit with these people and be like how do you do it yeah what's the secret and what is the secret yeah. <laughs> did you find it out no, no. never there I mean you know people are talented for different reasons and in different ways and but I just loved that I could talk to them about it and hopefully 
not be sycophantic about it, but also not exploit them, mm. but just try and ask some really interesting questions or put a different... My kind of big thing really when I was at Radio 1 and always has been that often I think that popular culture gets dismissed and doesn't get treated in the same way as the so-called arts, in inverted commas. Uh-huh. And to me... I love popular culture and I see it as just a valid, if not more, valid form of creative expression uh, as anything that supposedly is more cultural or highbrow. And there's no reason why you wouldn't apply the same journalistic values to, you know, the latest Marvel blockbuster as Mm. you would to the latest opera that's being Mm. shown. And I just really wanted to try and tackle that. And it's quite a hard thing in news, especially to to trying to get it through when when there's a a jam-packed programme to try and get that Radiohead interview. Yeah, 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 exactly. You know, and they'd be like, oh, you know, we're going to do a big BBC sit down with whoever it might be. And often, sometimes I find those interviews are really unchallenging mm. and they're just doing it because mm. it's a big name. And mm. I'm like, well, you know, if you've got that time, you've got to ask them some decent questions. Sure. And it so- sounds really interesting, though, the fact that you, a lot of people I've spoken to, have got to where they've got to because they've got luck or they met someone and it's sort of like, they do say they fluked it a lot mm. of the time. But you seem to have just worked really hard, applied for jobs, <laughs> got the job and just knuckled down and just got on with it. And for the Radio 1 job, that was a job that was just advertised again? Uh, or, or, was that yes. with, or was that a luck thing? No, that was... So I actually... I applied for a job at Radio 1 as a broadcast assistant before I think I got the other job in London, the one at Entertainment News, and I didn't get it. And I, oh, that interview, I, I got an interview, which was great. Do you still think about it? Oh, I still think about it. It was, the the interview was probably fine, but the worst thing that I did was, it was, I think it was pretty much my first interview out of university, and it was at Radio 1. I was like, oh my God, I've got an interview. This is like so cool. And I'd just come from four years of university where, you know, they try and coach you, and if you get a job, this is what you have to do. And of course, that was very much focused towards business graduate in a bank exactly so I turned up for my first interview at Radio 1 as a broadcast assistant in a very shiny new navy blue suit from Gap I knew it Who does that? Who does that? And then even when I got eventually got my job there in news, you'd just go to work in jeans every day. Of course you would. Jeans oh, are like my vans. You and... know that now. Oh. But at the time you were just trying to impress and do oh. your best. But I do remember like turning up and sitting in this room and going, oh, everyone else around me looks really cool. And I look like such a suited geek. <laughs> it was awful. But listen, in a way, was it quite good that you didn't get that job? Because yeah. you would have gone into a different I would have done completely different direction. Yeah. You know? And I don't think I realised at the time how different those paths are in terms of production and news I think actually there's a lot because no one explains no no I think there's a lot of value in certainly in radio to blend news and production a lot more because Mm. you share a lot of the same skills and you can actually learn a lot from each other but they they often keep them on these two very separate different floors in some stations things like that which is a bit weird and again I think in my head I was like but I know about that and I've got some really good ideas here and why wouldn't people want to hear my ideas and (laughs) I'm probably really annoying (laughs) not at all I'm sure because the next time you went for an interview, I imagine you didn't turn up in a gap suit. I didn't. No. Okay. Yeah. So you were a bit more cash. Yeah. And this was for an entertainment reporter. This was this was for an entertainment reporter. So this role. was your dream job. This was my dream job. Yeah. And it helped that I've been working for a couple of years, and it did also help that where I'd been working for a couple of years, somebody from that department had gone to Radio One. So they knew me and knew how I worked already. A little bit of, of knowing somebody yeah, that does yeah, help, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, which, I mean, surely that's got to be luck, right? Yeah. And I guess like a small pool of people trying to do the same thing as well. So yeah, but I was terrified for that interview. But it, it, it obviously didn't show. Or even if it did, they thought, well, she's terrified, but she's going to be okay. Yeah, one of the questions, I think it was that interview, one of the questions they asked was, and I, well, 
I'm not very good at bragging particularly, but I, th- I know quite a lot about music. And one of the questions that he asked me in this interview, and bearing in mind, I was like, okay, I tried to cram up on lots of music, but I was, I was always across music a fair amount anyway. But they said, okay, we want you to talk about if you're going to do a story about white rap music, but you can't use the Beastie Boys. At which point your brain just goes, dead. The, the Beastie Boys? Well, it's... <laughs> Uh, the Beastie Boys. Uh, what? And I think I said like Eminem, and then was like, Ugh. but the Beastie Boys. You can't do it without doing the Beastie Boys. I'm like, Ooh, why would you nasty, do that? Nasty, nasty yeah. question. But you got through it and yes. and got the job yeah. that you really wanted. But yeah, we were talking earlier that the fact that you know you kind of got your dream job quite early mm, on in your career, yeah. and it's quite difficult to know where where to go from that. Yeah, because you were there. For, how long were you there for? I was at. I was at Radio 1 as my home base. Again, the BBC works in some weird and wonderful ways sometimes. I was actually employed by Newsbeat for 14 years. But latterly, I had two kids in that time as well. So I had some time off. And I was doing a lot of work for other places. So I was doing a lot of stuff for Five Live and some things for BBC Breakfast and some reporting for radio programmes on Radio 4. Uh, So I was doing a variety of things there as well. I got my job at Radio 1 when I was in my late 20s. And... It was great for the first few years, but you kind of start to get into your early 30s and you're like, how long can I hang on? I'm too old. Yeah. (laughs) But you were kind of there at a time when uh, the breakfast show presenter was Chris Moles and he was probably around the same age. Yeah, yeah. So that was okay. Well, I think there was a different rule actually for talent again and us non supposedly non talent is there a non talent thing? Some of my friends get really annoyed by not that. Not talented, not, not talented. talented. At all. The people that yeah. were um less on it, maybe yeah. you should say that yeah. yeah. So you were kind of worried maybe that they might say to you, you know, do you want to go and work at Radio 2 or Radio 3? <laughs> well or- I, I I think the tricky thing is that I wouldn't have minded that in the slightest, but it's actually quite hard to move and I had loads of meetings at Radio 2 and tried to see if I could do a similar role there. But and there's not so much. There isn't, there? no. And it's really difficult, I think, to move stations like that. But yeah, I think the point you were making was that once you do get your dream job, it doesn't take very long for you to then start to, well, someone like me anyway, to panic. Well, OK, what do it's I need? not good enough. What not do I need enough. next? What is my next dream <laughs> yeah. job? But you, but you were there for a really long time. Mm. And I, I've got to ask you about some of the things that you did. You've already mentioned the Jay-Z <laughs> and the play. There must be one interview where you were apt. This was like this is the person that I've, I've just loved and I'm going to interview them and I don't want to muck it up and you were terrified. There's been quite a lot of interviews where I was terrified <laughs> but I think that's that's not such a bad thing. No, if you can bit of adrenaline. Nerves well. I think some of the early film junkets that I did because again I've been lucky enough to interview loads of film stars and Tom Cruise, <laughs> Tom Cruise, Leonardo Meryl Streep, Leonardo DiCaprio. You can't really single one out probably can you? <laughs> um, I think the, the Dave Grohl in Los Angeles was a really massive tick for me mm. because You're massive food yeah love the Foo Fighters and I'd seen them live so many times and managed to witness them they did a lot of stuff with Radio 1 as well so being side of stage while they performed at one of the big weekends I remember being super excited one time because Dave Grohl spat off stage and it nearly hit my foot <laughs> it just uh. you see when you get to Radio 1 you're supposed to be really cool <laughs> yeah no no didn't happen did it no didn't really didn't but, but when you went to LA and you interviewed him mm. was it as you had hoped it was going to be. Yeah, he was sometimes really cool. these things can be disappointing, yes. can't they? And there are, I've interviewed many people. I'm also really bad sometimes at recalling names. Oh, but, um, recording. That's bad. <laughs> you have to bad. hit record. Cool. Yeah, I did do that once, actually. I'll, I'll digress briefly. One of my early interviews, I interviewed Morgan Freeman, and oh, I, no. I had it on pause the whole <sighs> way through. So a radio interview I had on pause. I realised at the end, and because I went anything? to turn it off, and then I realised the red light was still flashing. It wasn't <laughs> solid red light. <laughs> 
Oh. Yeah, and I, I walked out of the room and then was mortified and, and kind of kicked in going, but I can't go back saying I haven't got the interview that I was supposed to do. So then outed myself to the publicity team who were in this hotel going, I've just done something really stupid and I'm really new. <laughs> Can I do and, it again? Yeah, and they let me go back in at the end of the day, which I think is quite unheard of, knowing how tight those schedules are. Yeah. And I can still remember just walking back into the room at the end of the day and Morgan Freeman just looking at me and going, are you the girl who forgot to press record? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yes, I am. And was the interview as good the second time around? It's, it's never as good no, the second no. time around, but I was just grateful to have <laughs> something. And of course they wouldn't have lied and said why he was doing it again. But um, yeah, that was painful. That was pretty embarrassing. Still, you get to meet him twice. That's yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah. Back, so we were talking about, was it the foods? Yeah. He, Dave Grohl was great. It was as, as you had hoped. Yes. Okay. And I think one of the bonuses for that is I will always push wherever possible. People work in different ways, but some people like to have people come to them come into studios and do those interviews and I understand why they do that but the type of interviews that I like to do you always get a much more honest view I think if you're chatting to somebody where they're comfortable so if you can go to them podcast yeah exactly I much prefer it because you get something that's just a little bit different and they're you know with radio as well I think back then when I interviewed Dave Grohl that particular time this was before kind of social media really so you didn't have to then do the social media video or be recording it on your phone whilst you're chatting to him which is just the same as a tv interview then which is a different beast i think to a radio you interview. you could just concentrate yeah on talking. you could just chat to him and he had some great stories and gave us a tour of his studio and then ended up playing table tennis with him afterwards which of course he Sounds thrashed like me just horrendous this yeah. day yeah <laughs> it was really good but i think also that i hopefully was respectful but i i always like to try try and think of something that will be a little bit different or left field that they might not have been asked because again you know these people do dozens of interviews and there's some things that you know you might have to get if you're doing a particular piece or a package or if they want to promote the film but often they just want to hear something different Mm. so I think part of it was hang on a minute this is somebody from Radio 1 who's actually slept out to Los Angeles I was there doing some other interviews at the time so this was one that I was just trying to get myself to tag on as part of this to over justify why I was there (laughs) again trying to work really hard there's a real theme going on here yeah there is (laughs) and yeah I was really pleased that it worked out well sounds like it was amazing you you had to let him win at the table tennis didn't you of course (laughs) he was so much better I remember at the time being like yeah I play quite a lot of table tennis like he was like no 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 I play a lot of table tennis I was like yeah whatever trying to be all like you do that thing and... where you hit the ball and it kind of misses oh. the whole table or you just don't come into contact with the ball and the bat I'm no but there was that thing where I, we kind of did like a few points and it was sort of even I was like hey I can do this and then he hit one shot and I was like oh you've just been playing me yeah <laughs> you were being nice. <laughs> so all that time at Radio 1 yeah. so the time then did you just decide I, I, I want a challenge the time to, to move off it was a bit of that it was a bit of there were quite some difficult circumstances at the BBC at that time the department I was working was going through quite a lot of changes there was some pleasant people I'd had my second kid so I think that changes some things as well and my older daughter was starting school and you kind of think it's going to be maybe easier when they start school but actually the hours are really not conducive to work so, so you can't really be at a film premiere at 10 o'clock no. at night and be picking up at three at yeah, the same time. Yeah, or it's more the, the sort of the erratic nature of it. So you'll have an interview locked in for 1pm and then they'll be like, oh, can we change that actually to 7pm tomorrow? And you're like, yeah. sure. Oh, yeah. And then, oh, oh my God, this is going to be nice. Get on the phone to somebody to try yeah. and help. Yeah. Um, and neither of myself and my husband's parents live particularly close. So we would call on them when we could, but we were just trying to do it by ourselves mm. with nurseries and a childminder or whatever we could 
piecemeal jigsaw together. So yeah, so I was trying to see what I could do next and then I moved to Bower to do a maternity cover there. Although that's still quite anti-social hours, the job you yeah, were doing there. Yeah. So entertainment reporting yeah. again. Yeah, so that, that one was acting director of their lifestyle and entertainment content across radio and magazine. So it was a big job. And again, that was really good, but... There was a lot of juggling going on with that and my husband and at the back of literally, my... Literally, <laughs> hopefully not literally. <laughs> no, not literally. <laughs> it's very light. <laughs> and childcare just... I kind of... We we both love our kids. We had kids because we really, we really like them. Yes, of course, we're exhausted a lot of the time, but they're fun to be around. Mm. And we were both finding it quite challenging that we didn't want them to be in childcare the whole time. Mm. And we're earning quite decent salaries and we're, we're sort of doing what we want to do but something's got to give because we're getting quite tense with each other at and times tired. and tired so we kind of realized that part of me does still want to believe that anybody can have it all and you can do it all but I think the reality is that if there are two of you in a family unit of four trying to juggle mm. that it's really challenging so something's got to give yeah so yeah. luckily enough I managed to kind of take a step back from that and I was trying to do some writing as well which is something kind of <laughs> I can't believe I'm going to say this on a podcast. But so my next, I decided I needed another goal, another ambition. So I've worked at Radio One. That was my yeah, other that, one. That's like most people's like yeah. dream. Yeah, your dream. But you had to, you had to do better. Yeah, yeah. So my next one is that I want to win an Oscar. <laughs> okay. Right. So, so how are we going to do that? So I'm not going to go down the acting route just yet. So much a, a bit like the radio, you, and you didn't want to do the whole performing on the stage. No, I think I am a bit of a frustrated performer. <laughs> but in, I'm a weird mix of being. I really like talking to people, but then I get awfully shy. In the moment as well. And I did some acting when I was a teenager, uh, but I would hate going for auditions. I would literally like be that kid pacing outside with my mum going, just get inside. (laughs) I'm like, no, but I don't want to do it. And then I'd go inside and I'd do really well. And I just uh, hated it. So yes, I'm I'm going to win an Oscar for screenwriting. Screenwriting, of course. Okay, so... You're doing that because you've written a book. I've written a novel. Which most people would take years to do, but you just kind of just done it in a yeah, couple of months. Yeah, I did it in about five months. Okay. <laughs> but then I wasn't working full-time, I was working part-time, so I'm now freelancing and doing various broadcasting and writing and some consultancy work as well, and writing a book. So I've written a book, and yeah, I, I'm aware that my the odds are against me, but some of... But you know, you got to Radio 1, and it, that's what you wanted to do, yeah. so I, I get this sense now that you're very <laughs> determined... As well as being hardworking, you yeah. won't let things lie. No. So I wouldn't be surprised if I'm back here <laughs> in a probably about a year talking about well, the maybe film not, rights. It can't, yeah, <laughs> it can't be the Oscar, Oscar yet. Yeah, it's yeah, not, yeah, that's yeah. it's too quick. Yeah. But maybe the film rights to the book. Yeah. Maybe that's good. Yeah. Well, again, you know, this is still a bit of a pie in the sky dream because yes, I've written a book, but loads of people write books, and I'm aware of my odds in the publishing industry, which is already saturated with hugely talented people, probably people who are way more talented than I am. But I'm giving it a go but there are also people who are probably far less talented than you and you know do you know what I mean because sometimes you you just say oh you know it's being in there's a lot of luck I think involved and and being in the right place that's a cliche but at the right time but you know what I mean yeah and I think if you've got the drive and determination yeah similarly I was going to say I've written a screenplay before so I wrote a screenplay when I was at university did you (laughs) it's so bad you get that one back out again so I yeah what was it about oh it's awful although it was kind of ahead of its time in um it would have been a really good BBC Three thing because it was set in a university. Obviously, I was at university, so write about what you know. And they get together around a Ouija board one night and they summon a ghost who doesn't go away. 
So it was kind of probably a really lame ripoff of Rent-A-Ghost or something that was stuck in my head. Uh, with fresh meat. <laughs> with fresh meat and lots of other things like that. So some of the ideas I think were all right, but some of the writing was really bad. So you're um, kind of working from that. So No, my current novel has nothing to do with that. And the reason that I really want to write a novel rather than a screenplay first is because I want to see if I could do it. And I wanted to try and and write a book and see if I could make that exist as an entity in its own right. And I think naturally it's come out quite visually just Mm. because of the way I probably see things and the amount of films that I consume. But yeah, see what happens. Wow. So looking back from all of that, I mean, Mm. it's really lots of varied things that you've done. (laughs) Wow. For you, the big moments that where things kind of went really right for you, I suppose, was from the very beginning, getting that work experience and then just pushing, pushing and being really, really keen and determined. I think being really tenacious as well. Mm. And it's a really, you were saying earlier as well, I think it's a really hard balance to get right from, you know, when you're doing that work experience of wanting to be keen and eager and show that you're able and you're fairly intelligent and you can do tasks without being really pushy and annoying and I would say that probably most of the really big and good successes that I've had have come at a time when I've been trying for a really long time and I've almost got to that point where I think I just can't do this anymore because I'm actually getting really disheartened and I've had loads of rejections and I thought this thing was going to work out and it really hasn't and then it's usually at that point I I think it was the first job I got in London I thought I just haven't heard back it's not going to happen fine I'll kind of I'll keep freelancing and local radio and see what I can do and then I got the call when I was on holiday so it's either when I've kind of stopped and taken a break that then something comes through so I've sort of done that really pushed and done all I can and then I've got to step back yeah and I've taken a step back and then I can't do this anymore what okay what I need to rethink what's my next thing and then it's at that point that the offers come in or there's been a glimmer of something that'll be like oh actually we do like this have you tried this and and also when you were talking about you went to LA so you weren't supposed to interview the Foo Fighters that was something so you just banged on Dave Grohl's door but yeah it's going that little bit extra mile do you think and that has given you you know that was the highlight for you one of your highlights so yes. the fact that that was something you did on your own yeah it was and I think it's and it's trying to do that trying to use as much of the circumstance and turn it into an opportunity so I'll be like well I've I'm going to LA because I'd set up these things and I was doing some reporting around the Oscars. Okay, well, while I'm there, what else can I do? Yes, I'm reporting sometimes on British hours. I'm going to be up in the middle of the night, but I still have the whole day where I can do something else. And instead of being like a sensible person saying, I should probably get eight hours sleep because I might be jet lagged. I'd be like, no, I'll be on the phone to the UK publicist who then can be on the phone to the LA publicist. And then I might get this call. So it's really... Mm. Working your butt off, isn't it? I yeah, think. it yeah. is. But that's your personality. And yeah. you know, not everybody's the same as you. No. But it's really interesting to hear, you know, how, how it's worked for you and, and just working really hard. But I suppose for anybody who maybe isn't quite such a workaholic, <laughs> who's trying to get into this kind of I would, thing. I wouldn't say I normally recommend it. <laughs> and I also think that I don't know any different. So mm. I find it quite hard when I chat to some people sometimes and they'll be like wow are you not exhausted I'm kind of like well I sort of am but I still I didn't do that thing I'm kind of annoyed that I didn't I could have just done one more thing and I'll, I'll often say yes a lot of times when I know I should say no but the passion keeps your energy going yeah. and doesn't make you so exhausted maybe maybe <laughs> so you're saying don't say no to anything um I do say no to some things I do find it quite hard to say no and I think I find it quite hard to if there's something that I can reasonably fit in and think might work Mm. then I generally see some value in that because even though that one thing by itself might not be the ideal or may not that might be a sort of dead end 
if you look at it in one way. I think, well, maybe by doing that, though, that will give me some confidence or I might just literally, I often think I might meet that person and they might say something that will spark off something in my head that will go, oh, yeah, why don't I do that? So I'm nosy and I love chatting to people <laughs> and, and I kind of want, I just want to try everything, do everything. Well, you never know where it will lead, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? Someone with four cats yeah. and <laughs> two kids. And a screenwriting Oscar. Yeah. I look forward to coming. Can I come back and see that? Yeah. <laughs> Right. Of course. Okay, brilliant. Natalie, it's been, it's really inspiring talking to you because I mean, your career's been like, so, I think just fascinating so yeah, far. Yeah, see, again, I'm like, really? Yeah, oh, no, no, stop it, stop it. <laughs> I feel like I could do more. Yeah. <laughs> Lovely to speak to you. Thanks. And we'll be back with a brand new episode of Where Did It All Go Right next week. If you'd like to give us a five star rating, we would love you forever. Tell your friends and subscribe too. You can follow us on Twitter at, at WhereGoRight and see you next week. Thanks for listening.